to fight for truth and justice in the American way. What I do is not up to you. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I am Iron Man. And Hulk. Smash. You guys know I can move things with my mind, right? With great power comes great responsibility. No games. Welcome to Watchtower. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And this is our podcast where we talk about superhero movies. Um, This week, we're talking about Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man from 2002. Um, But before we jump into that, a couple of of things. Um, Jump or swing? Climb, um, (laughs) web sling, crawl. crawl. (laughs) Um, uh, A couple of things. First of all, Infinity War is in a week and a half. And I'm like freaking out about it. So um, I'm, I'm not. That's just like my note. That's not really like news. <laughs> I'm just letting everyone know that I'm freaking out about it. Um, submit any predictions that you have. Submit um, thoughts about it. We haven't gotten any submissions, you guys, and I'm frustrated about it. And I I checked the system today. I sent a testing <laughs> a testing I, I saw question, <laughs> and it worked. So I know that you haven't been we know sending the anything. System works. So Watchtower Podcast dot org. Um, the hyphen is just like the hyphen in Spider-Man. Yes. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. That's why we put it there. It's not, but okay. I'll <laughs> let you believe that, Seth. <laughs> um, so yeah, go literally just send us hate mail. Send us anything. Um, maybe not hate mail, but... You can uh, send me hate mail. Send Seth hate mail. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, next week, we'll be doing Avengers, um, and then we'll do Infinity War the week after that. So... Um, we won't have time for you guys to submit reviews on Infinity War, really, because we're probably going to record the episode, like, the day after we see it, because we'll want to talk about it. But, you know. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> submit predictions for Infinity War. Submit thoughts. Submit excitement. Whatever. We'll talk about it. We'll feature <clears throat> you on our podcast. Um, so, yeah. That's just my complaint. Talk to us. We're lonely. Um, <laughs> I think now's the part of the podcast where we plug Squarespace. That's what all podcasts seem to do. They only plug them when they're paying them, Seth. They always plug Squarespace. They always plug that mattress one. Yeah. And Blue Apron. Yeah, they do that because they're sponsoring <laughs> them. We don't have sponsors. It's maybe maybe it's this is how we get started. <laughs> okay, well uh, we use Squarespace for our website, so <laughs> um, it's really expensive. Um, that's about all I have to say. Um, I'm just rambling now. So yeah, Infinity War. I'm really excited. Please be excited with us and send us some thoughts um, and get ready for next week's Avengers episode. It's going to be insane because I'm insane and I've seen that movie over 85 <laughs> times. So oh, you're wearing a Last Jedi t-shirt. I, I just am. noticed. Yeah. I, I like, was wondering when you were going to notice that. I don't that. like that. <laughs> um, so I'm also a little scattered because today is the last day to file your taxes and I had some difficulties. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I filed mine a long time ago. Seth's more like responsible, responsible than me. person. Seth knows that with great power comes <laughs> great responsibility. Yes, yes. And with that, we swing into Spider-Man. Nice. <laughs> so, Touche. So, Seth, g- give me your experience, your history with this movie. Quite the history with this movie. Good. Not really. Well, a little <laughs> bit. Um, I have I have fond memories of this movie. I was thirteen, almost thirteen. Movie came out May third, two thousand two. I remember that. Wow. Because it was my that's... friend's birthday, and we went to see it. Wow. And my birthday was is May thirtieth, so my birthday was right around the corner. So I was twelve. Um, and yeah, this was to me 
and I already know you can disagree with this, but this is like the golden standard for a superhero movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's making like this horrible face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I do have a bit of nostalgia for it because all my friends and I loved this movie. It was... Uh, it, so we talked. We always go into the history of superhero movies a little bit right. on this podcast. Right. And X Men was a success at this point. Blade was a success. Mm-hmm. But it was at the point where I don't know. You've got a couple of hits, and I guess the industry and fans. I guess they were wondering at the time. I certainly wasn't because I was twelve. But looking back, you have to wonder like, what's next? You've got right. a hit or two. Can this be sustained? Right. And I think Spider Man was such a huge movie in 2002. It was the movie of the summer. And people like, I mean, they made 20 more of these Spider-Man movies, two more in this universe in particular. Mm-hmm. So people loved it. Uh, so I think this really proved to people, like, people like these movies. We're going to keep making them again and again. Not just Spider-Man, but superhero movies. Mm-hmm. This one, like, found a way to do it again and again. It kind of worked within that formula that X-Men really started. Uh, yeah. So that's, like, my perspective on it. Yeah. Um, I do have a lot of nostalgia for it because that was, like, the perfect age. Yeah. And all my friends loved it. And, yeah, but looking back, uh, sorry, rewatching it, I just, all these memories came back from being in middle school, and that was great. But I thought it was a great movie. Like, I thought it really held up. And apparently you didn't think so. No, no, no. I, did, I do not think it's a bad movie. Okay. Okay, so... I had seen these movies, like, when I was probably, like, really, really young, but I hadn't watched them again until after my Avengers Awakening. Um, And, like, everyone I knew, maybe I just had the wrong friends. I clearly needed more of, like, your kind of friends because everyone I knew just, like, made fun of these movies and they were, like, a joke. Really? Yeah. With these movies being Spider-Man? Yeah. Just, like, just, like, this idea that they're, like, really cheesy and, like, you know, which they they are. are. They are, but, like, in, like, a negative way. I guess people didn't appreciate the cheesiness. Um, so mm. I, I rewatched them in like 2012, um, and I was like, eh. And then I rewatched <laughs> Spider Man last night, and, and I was like, eh. it's yeah, like I'll just give like a very brief like generalization before we you know dive into things. Um, I like it. I had a fun time watching it. I have a lot of problems with it, so mm. I think a it's lot. Not a, okay. Not a lot. Not, like some, two. At least three. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It reminded me a lot of Batman 89. And it's like, which, yeah. And it's like kind of the way it does like the whole like fantasy element. But we're we're having fun. I don't know. It was was a very similar. um, And I think that is. And that's, and I have fun with that. Like that's the fun aspect. But um, real quick for its critical acclaim. Um. It has an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, like, awesome. 89? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm going to guess the audience score is right in line with it. No. The audience score is 67. Oh, no. Which is really weird. That is weird. Maybe that's, like, a retroactive. I don't know how they do the audience score. Like, are you allowed to go in and, like, rate it, like, years and years later? Probably, because Rotten Tomatoes probably didn't even exist. Yeah, for sure. So maybe that's, like, an... I don't know. That's weird. Hmm. Yeah, 67 is a little weird to me, too, because I think this movie's, like, extremely likable, especially for just, like, the general audience. Um, sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, That quick. is weird. I don't like it when they're... I don't like the divide there. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. I want I critics and audiences 
to be on the same page. Of course you do. Everyone does. No, I don't think everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I want that too. Okay, good. Um, before we jump into the criteria, I'm curious, is is Tobey Maguire your Spider-Man then? Like, oh. 100%? Like, if you had to pick between... The, there are three, right? There are three. So, like... What's your opinion? Or is there not, like, do you not like this choosing the best Spider-Man? Like, honestly, I think all three are good. Yeah, I think they're good way. for different reasons. Yeah. Like, honest, I don't like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, mm, but I, yeah. I liked him. Oh, yeah. I thought I he was him. good. I think Tom Holland's excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom McGuire is a little old yeah. for the role, which is weird, but I do like him. I think he does a good job. Yeah. But, like, my Spider-Man, it, Spider, my Spider-Man is the suit. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Like, I think Tom Holland's my favorite just because, like, I'm so attached to the MCU. But, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I think. I think they've all worn the mantle of Peter Parker, like, well. Yes, I agree. I agree. I don't think any of them has been, like, atrocious. And I think they've all done a good job. Um, Okay. So onward to our criteria. Um, We'll start with hero and villain arcs. Mm -hmm. So we have Peter, obviously the hero and uncle ben is the villain no um and norman slash green goblin as the villain mm-hmm. um yes pretty pretty cut and dry there um as it should be yeah you shouldn't be wondering who the villain is in these movies you no know, you should not <laughs> um i noticed that i noticed that it was a very kind of formulaic film in the sense of like it reminded me like a mishmash of Batman 89 and Superman the movie because you've got like Definitely. the the very um Superman esque like here's my superhero alter ego and here's me and here's the girl who like doesn't yes. know that yeah. but then you also had like the really fantastical elements of Batman 89 and I thought it the scenes the way the scenes were pieced together very, even felt like Batman 89 with the way that we went back and forth between villain and hero mm-hmm. um so yeah I think the First of all, the hero's arc in this movie is great just because, like, it's, oh, it, it's it stays classic and it does it, it in a great way. There's you know? no better one. Yeah, like, it, he... Th- than the Peter Parker story. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, you know, Spider-Man is the original, like, Marvel, like, hero that really, like, set everything off. And I think sure. that there's a reason for that. And I think this movie stayed true to, like, everything that Spider-Man's origin is. Um, Absolutely. You know, he starts out as this... <clears throat> kind of wayward nerdy love struck guy that we'll get it we'll get into the mary jane plot because i have a lot of problems with it but um uh and it was a different time no we're not using that excuse almost Um, 20 years ago it was almost 20 years ago that's crazy (laughs) um but uh no he he grows in so many different ways um a lot of which we can get into in morality um and in the end, I think his hero's, his hero's arc is most solidified by the end, which is his choice yes. to continue being Spider-Man and to fully realize that responsibility. Um, I think that in, the ending is great on his hero's arc. Oh, yeah. The last scene is... Uh, I think it's amazing. The, yeah. la- the last scene yeah. of this movie, him walking away from Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Like The central theme of the movie is responsibility, and it's not just like a surface level, like Uncle Ben has to say this. Right. And Peter has to repeat, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's a real deep understanding of the character because, uh, yeah, you got the Peter Parker origin story and it's the perfect hero yeah. tale. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's guilt and there's sacrifice. Sacrifice is the big one. 
Um, he has to give something up. But Norman Osborn is someone who... The reason I think the hero's... Peter's hero's journey, like, feels so... Uh, classic Mm -hmm. is because the villain mirrors that in such a good way yeah because norman does not take responsibility right like in the in the final confrontation yeah when spider-man is basically beating him and norman's trying to like weasel his way out Mm -hmm. he says it wasn't me it was the goblin yeah won't take responsibility yeah it's like a very simple thing to have the hero and villain mirror each other in that way but that's a big deal to me is like you got to get that right oh especially because like the theme of responsibility is so like tied into everything this yeah. movie does, you know, which we'll talk about. I think um I think the the whole Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of thing right. really like works well with this just because especially with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> when I I knew the cast of this movie, but like when I was watching the opening credits, I just kept seeing all these names and I was like, "Oh my gosh. Great cast. Like this is a star-studded Wait, film, like rising stars." Talk about opening credits for a second. Yeah. Did they Those. stand out to you? Were they awesome? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like the X-Men opening credits. Yeah, We're like, are. this is, like, so computerized, like, digital CGI, yes. but I, like, yes. dig it with, like, the fantastic music. Um, By Danny Elfman. Yeah. That's the Batman connection, or another Batman exactly. connection. Exactly, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of those. Um, but the opening credits, like, the CG, like, flying through things was very popular in the early 2000s. Yeah. All these superhero movies yeah. did it. Um, and... I really like it. I would like to go back to no, that. No, <laughs> I like it. I mean, the the very not good X-Men reboots like still do that, like Apocalypse and First Class and they, Oh, do they? they? Yeah, they okay. do it. Days of Future Past um and I I love oh, it. That's like cool. I love that they stuck with that. For I didn't X-Men. know that. Yeah. Um in fact, I don't think First Class did it, but for some reason Days of Future Past and Apocalypse did it. That's weird. It's Brian Singer. Oh, it's Brian Singer. <laughs> that's it. That's why. <laughs> You're right. I'll come back on one condition. <laughs> If I get to do these. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's how it went down. Probably. Um, okay. But a lot. Uh, uh, this is tied into the hero's journey. I don't. Maybe it's just that Mary Jane drives me nuts, like, as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just, I hate how, like, the the opening, like, voiceover is, like, and it starts with a girl. And it's, yeah, like. Yeah, that was corny. So, I just. Way corny. I think. I don't mind I don't mind him doting over this girl because she like she drives him to she's part of the reason that he kind of pursues mm-hmm. becoming a more, you know, tougher, more heroic person. Like I don't mind that, but I think that she's a horrible character. Um Okay. Okay, not horrible. I don't think she's horrible. I just think the way they kind of waffle her around between all the guys like drives me kind of nuts. With her, like, because she's dating Flash, and then she starts dating Harry, and then she falls in love with Spider-Man, but then Harry thinks she's in love with Peter, and Peter's in love with her, and it's just like, I don't think all of that is... (laughs) (laughs) I don't think all of that is necessary. She Um, really loves Peter, though. She does, but, like, why did you need to go through all the hoops and... I don't know. I just think there are certain, like, layers to this film that don't need to be... Love is hard, okay? (laughs) Stop! (laughs) You've got to have some kind of problem with that. You've got to have some kind of opinion on this. On what? On, on Mary Jane? Mary Jane's I just don't like everything. that she's... I mean, she's really a combination of Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane. Right. So it's that's kind of weird um, as, as an adaptation of mm-hmm. Spider-Man. 
of the comics. But, like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe I just, like, objectify women. But I was... <laughs> okay, I don't even... I'm not even saying I really have a problem with, like, her in that sense. I just think I have a problem with how much time we spend on Peter, like, fawning over her. Okay. Because I don't... Like, it it immediately turned me off that, like, the first old. opening monologue was, like, I'm in love with this girl. And then, like, every significant moment is him being, like, I'm in love with this girl. And it just got old to me, yeah. I think, too, um, one thing I noticed about Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man series and then looking at Homecoming. Um, after watching Homecoming, because I do like Homecoming a lot, so this is, like, a very retroactive thought. But after watching Homecoming, I kind of wish peter had like a like a friend that Mm. wasn't harry Mm -hmm. um which like part of the part it makes sense that he doesn't that he's kind of lonely but i think there were so many moments in this film where because i'd watched homecoming recently i was like i wish he could have like someone he could be like tossing ideas off of or you know like confiding in i don't know Eh, there were just i did not miss that okay that's totally (laughs) fair and i'm not i don't think that's like a flaw it was just something that i thought of um I like I like that. It but. would just it would be a very different movie at that point. No, it definitely would. So. Um, and I think his and Harry's relationship has to be the way it is, um, just from a sense of Harry essentially turning against him. You know, if mm-hmm. they were any closer, I don't think that the that the division where you know he winds up having to fight the Green Goblin, I don't think all that would go down the same. So I think there I has think... to be a disconnect there. About the Mary Jane thing, the real interesting s- story is uh, Peter and Uncle Ben and Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. And then Harry is like a, a connection to Norman Osborn. Yeah. That's the interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And Mary Jane is like, I don't know. I mean, she is very important to the story, for sure. But I guess she's like... But is she that important? She's very important, but I don't know. The movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I'll put it that way. It does not. Yeah. She's she's like associated with a different man always. Right. And that's, that's what how, I didn't like about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So. Mary Jane needed a friend. She yeah. needed the guy in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Ned for Mary Jane? <laughs> okay. Um. But anyway, back to back to hero and villain. Great. It's great. Like I don't have any. I can't. Yeah, Willem, Willem Dafoe is amazing. Uh, and <laughs> okay, this is a side note. His name is Dafoe. Yes. He is the foe. He's the villain. Yes. <laughs> that was bound to happen. Yes, and it's perfect. Okay. And I rem- that reminds me of this comment I read on the internet about the Florida Project, mm-hmm. which is a great movie, great performance yes. from Willem Dafoe. And this person was like, he was finally Willem to friend, because he plays like this sweet, like, middle-aged guy in Florida Project, no longer Defoe but to friend. And uh, that was one of the best comments I've read in a long time. Wow. I wanted to share that. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I really don't have any response to that. Aren't you glad than... I brought that up? Yeah, that. It was an important piece <laughs> for me. Um. <laughs> But yeah, the hero-villain arc, I, I love that it ties in the father-son thing. That This is what Man of Steel should have done, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, Is okay. Norman Osborn is a legitimate father option for Peter. Like, Norman Osborn 
uh, like when they first meet, he said, like he's impressed with Peter, that Peter mm-hmm. read his paper and understood it. And there's the scene where Norman's like, I'll make a few calls. I'll get you a job. And Peter's like, no, I want to make my own way. Norman's very impressed with that. And he's like, I respect that. Mm-hmm. So there's a decent man in there somewhere. And that's like a legitimate father figure. Whereas with Zod and Man of Steel, like just psychotic from the beginning. Right, right. So, you know, it's much more human. It's much more dramatic this way. And no, I, I love that they're intertwined like I that. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting, too, because weirdly, I think that's where, like, Amazing Spider-Man went wrong with Harry and Norman and the Osborne and, like, their relation to Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert for Amazing Spider-Man um, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. But, uh, <laughs> like, they kind of, like, split up, like, Norman and Harry. Yeah. Because, like, the first movie is, like, kind of the Norman Osborn story. and then, Is like, he in that one? No, but oh. it's, like, the same character. Oh, with Kurt Connors. Yes, yeah. it is very similar. But then in the second movie, it's Harry. Right, yeah. Without Norman. The second movie has so many problems. Yeah, I just think <laughs> I think that the sure. Norman Harry tie it's like very important to Spider Man. Were they that, trying to build up together. to that or something? And then No, because Harry becomes the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider Man too. Yeah. So like they don't even use yeah, I don't know. Anyway. That movie's a mess. It is. Those <laughs> movies are very messy. Um but anyway, back to Hero and Villain. Uh, yeah, the arcs are great. Um, I really don't think they could have been done any better. Um, and especially mm. when we get to morality, like, there are so many reasons that this hero's arc is just, like, superb. So, I could have done with a little more build-up for Norman because it's just, like, oh, yeah, I'm losing Yeah, it's kind my- of really fast. I'm losing my military contract. Uh, I'll try this crazy experiment on myself. Yeah, There's... but I think, like, he's so crazy that you just, like, buy it. Like, I don't know. I just bought it. I was like, okay, this guy's kind of insane. But... I, I went along with it. I mean, I didn't, like, turn the movie off Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and walk away. But, no, I can I can definitely see that. I could definitely see I a think, little more. Yeah, there's a little room for that. improvement there. But overall, even, yeah. overall, really well done. Yeah. All right. So, spectacle. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this movie's awesome. Uh, um... <laughs> So, obviously, there's a lot of, like, CGI stuff going on. Is there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of CGI Tobey Maguire on the there screen. Is. Which, there is in every Spider-Man movie. They've never really gotten away from that. Um, they got but... they got better at it. Um, but let me just point this out. This is 2002. It is. Technology. Okay, so the shots on this movie where the camera, like, follows Spider-Man as he mm-hmm. crawls up a wall, or you've got, like, the cool crane shots, that, and they just sort of digitally insert Spider-Man. But all that works, and it's using CGI in such a good way, I think, especially when you, like, compare it to... When you th- when you put it in the context of the time period, it's pulling off stuff that simply w- would not have been possible a few years before. Yeah. Like, if you try to make this movie in the 90s, you can't do it. Yeah. You literally can't do it. Yeah. Or it's going to look not nearly as good. I mean, all movies in this early 2000s period were, like, really heavy on the CGI, and I think this film, more than others, at least, like, reined it in some. You know, like, I... Yeah. I don't know. I felt like they 
It uses it where it they for, had to. Uses it for then, the characters. Yeah. For Spider-Man and Green Goblin. Right. Um, but then there are other movies that go overboard with CGI in the what? early 2000s. Man of, but, oh, early no, 2000s. No. I was thinking Man of Steel. I was thinking the prequels. Um, <laughs> Star Wars prequels? Yeah. That's totally different conversation that we don't need to start. I'm not starting this conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> anyway okay okay so yeah um obviously like the cgi was a little hokey sometimes but um i think the way the film is shot like you were saying like really lends itself to the spectacle because i think it was like really creatively done yeah. like, there's a lot of <clears throat> exciting energy in the uh action sequences that you get mm-hmm. um especially that montage it's right after uncle ben dies yeah and it goes from like the saddest part of it's the movie. It's so intense. Like, it's such an intense shift. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it works. I think it works because in a movie, when you've got to go from like a... First of all, that that's testament to the director's skill to sort of fare you along between mm-hmm. these very different emotional beats. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. But I thought it worked on, in like a, a, on like a story level because you've got... So Uncle Ben dies and Peter's like, okay, I have to... I have to take on this responsibility and become Spider-Man. And then you get this montage of him being Spider-Man. So I thought it really worked, but I did notice that that was like a huge shift in 10 seconds. Yeah, it was very abrupt because I feel like I zoned out for like a split second and then I was like, whoa, what's (laughs) happening? Um, I love that montage though. It's great. There are like man on the street interviews in there. And yeah, they're I was really like, funny. I was like, wait, we're like, we're doing this now? Like we're, <laughs> this is what's happening? Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the guy who's like, he stinks, and I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's if, really... If a guy came up to you, stuck a microphone in your, in your face, and said, what do you think of Spider-Man? What would you say? I would say I would never be that brave, so, like, all power to him. <laughs> like, if he's, like, kicking <laughs> bad guys, if he's taking down bad guys, I don't have a problem with You that. wouldn't say he's a masked menace? No. Let, let the police deal with no, that? No, I love superheroes. Okay. Then again... <laughs> I really want to know what would happen if there was, like, a real-life vigilante like this. I don't think we would stand for it in real life. You don't? No. I think we would be like, that person's crazy. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting... <laughs> I have to think about that. Um, the music's great. It really is. really great, it's of course. very cool Danny Elfman score. Um, I think there are a lot of really cheesy moments. Yes. Um, like when Norman first, like, is having like a seizure <laughs> when he gets transformed yeah, into the Green Goblin. Yeah, that's like pure Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, um, he loves to like milk horror for comedy. Yeah, and he loves to ride that line. Yeah, this movie goes there. It a does. Couple times like it that, does. and then there's one when, when the Green Goblin throws the the bomb mm-hmm. that like just turns the old dudes into skeletons. And it looks super fake, but that's also a classic Sam Raimi thing. Yeah. And while it was all, like, kind of hokey, like, I think it it never, like, bothered me. I thought it fit the tone of the film. I think it does. Um, I think you are you were absolutely right to point out Batman 89 and Superman yeah. in the movie. It's really in that lineage. It is. Like, it really reminds me of those films a lot in, like, in a good way. Because, like I said, with, with like, Blade and a couple other movies, I X-Men. watched them. Not X-Men. Oh. But, like... When I have a problem with, like, the hokiness and I don't think the film, like, takes it well into the tone and, mm-hmm. like... But I think this movie succeeded on drawing me into the dramatic moments but making me laugh and smile and, like, the 
you know, action, kind of cheesy action sure. moments. Um, and I thought that the action was, like, really fun. Um, like, the the boxing match and... Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's, all right, Bruce Campbell as the MC. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and then Macho Man Randy Savage as the wrestler. Like, that guy is hilarious. Why wasn't he in every movie after this? Yeah. I don't know. Why didn't they should have spun off (laughs) Bone Saw and given him his own movies? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just think, like if this were if that movie had been made and Netflix were around and they were doing like a shared universe thing, Bone Saw could have gotten a Netflix show. I don't like thinking about that. (laughs) Um, It's very true. Um, Yeah. uh, What about J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson? Pretty he spectacular. Is, yes, he is spectacle all by himself. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. I when I saw his name in the opening credits, I totally forgot he was in it, and I was just like, yes. Um, oh yeah, he's like the, one of the best things about these movies. Yeah. Um. Man, I just like the spider. Like when he gets bit by the spider, it's like these super CGI like close ups of the spider. Like it's great. I, yeah, yeah. Like I really. I really like the spectacle of this film. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really hokey and cheesy, but I think it's um, really exciting and that I enjoyed it. I love the final confrontation between mm-hmm. the Goblin and Spider-Man. Um, so, like, just to be clear, their final fight or the whole thing with, with like, the boat and the... I was just thinking, like, the the last bit of okay. their fight. But, yeah, I mean, that too. When he saves Mary <laughs> Jane and the, the bus of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, all of I mean, all of it is... I love the New Yorkers. Yeah. Like, if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. It's so good. It's great. It embraces, like, that that culture. Um, I think it really, yeah, I think it really manages to be, like, fun and dramatic in an, at the same time where I never felt tugged one way or another too much. It was a, so this was a, this came out only a year, not even a year, like seven months after 9-11. Really? Seven or eight months, yeah. Wow. So I think stuff like that, people were so ready to see something like that in a movie, like New Yorkers coming together. Like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, like you can't, you know, Spider-Man's our hero. You can't mess with him. And then at the end, when the very last shot of the movie, mm-hmm. when he's swinging right. and, he, and he lands on the American flag, yeah. that was inserted like late in post-production. That's not surprising, yeah. But it's like, it's a great moment. It's a very memorable thing. And people, yeah, yeah uh, people were so ready for something like that. Um, wow. Yeah, that's cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um, Makes you like the movie a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, like, I, I mean, if you notice, I don't have, like, a ton of problems with this movie. I think for me, <laughs> a lot of it's, like, how much time is spent on Mary Jane. Um, and because I just, I don't like her. I don't like mm-hmm. her as a character. I don't like how much Peter dotes on her. Um, it's and a I think, much. And I think, too... Uh, some of the Green Goblin stuff can just be really over the top. Um, sure. And um, well, there was one more thing I was thinking of. I think when I was watching it, I was struggling because I always like to have this question when I watch superhero movies now. It's like, why do I care about this character? I don't think I cared about Peter until Uncle Ben's death. And I think even then you kind of blame Peter for it. So oh, well, it was well, interesting. Yeah. It was just interesting to me that 
I kind of had trouble figuring out why I was supposed to like him in the beginning. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I think that just made it harder for me to connect on the front end. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about that, actually. Yeah, that's not really tied into Spectacle. It was just on my mind. <laughs> let's go and talk about that, though. Yeah, that's good. That really stuck out to me. And it reminded me of... That's something superhero movies have gotten away from. And this is, like, a fundamental thing I think they need to get back to. Is the hero has to... There has to be not necessarily a dark side to the hero, but you mentioned, like, like it's... Yeah, it's Peter's fault that Uncle Ben dies. It is his fault. And not even that, but he is going to kill... Uh, the the car thief. Yeah, he goes on like a revenge. Yeah, thing. he Quest. and I didn't remember this, but he like throws the guy's head yeah. into two pieces of glass. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that was a little graphic. I didn't remember that at all. Yeah, but I think you have to show that the hero is capable of great evil. It gave me some major like Luke Skywalker vibes. I'm not gonna lie, just in like how well Star Wars does the whole like, here's this your hero i'll show you your hero and then i'll show you your hero like like the darkness being emotionally compromised yeah sure, having yeah. like a darkness and right. then like i and then overcoming it i think that's great and then the the conversation when green goblin where he's like join me that's straight out of star wars yeah that was a little on the nose for me yeah yeah but but yeah i think you know the strength of peter parker and why that character has endured for 50 years now almost 60 years is because not only is he the everyman but it's it's the guilt Really, yeah. that's that's what it is, uh, because you know we everyone is capable of like it's gonna sound corny. Everyone's capable of becoming like the Green Goblin and shirking yeah. responsibility, or being Peter and like bashing that dude's head through a yeah. window. Like everybody's capable of that, and it's like when you're aware of that, that makes you a better hero. If you're aware of that, you're capable of that, and you choose not to do it anyway. That's what I think what makes uh, this movie so strong. Yeah. I mean, since we're already talking about morality, one of my favorite things. So I had, we used this movie for like a Bible study lesson that we had one time. And I thought it was like a really cool, so I did not get this moral point myself. I stole this. This came from I stole this insight. No. (laughs) Came from my my youth leader, um, (laughs) at least. Um, But uh, um, it's this idea of positive, negative, and neutral actions and how neutral actions can be just as bad or worse than negative ones Uh because letting the car the car thief go when he's in the boxing place is like a neutral action right so it's this idea that he just steps aside and he's like yeah i could stop that guy but i'm not going to but i'm also not helping him Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but then it results in the death of his uncle and so i think that really impacts me especially when i watch it again um just this idea of like you doing nothing is almost the same as you doing something like sure, bad. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's yeah. that's the true like test of a hero, um, I think, and the application of the responsibility is not simply that you have the option, but that you have to take you have to use your power for for good for helping people. Yeah, um, because right. this is what happens when you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's really fantastic about what happens with Uncle Ben. Um, in this movie especially um but yeah i mean like you said it just it it takes every angle of responsibility from you know that situation to peter accepting the responsibility to the green goblin not having responsibility and not taking Mm -hmm. responsibility um 
and I like when um, Peter's kind of given the choice to save Mary Jane or save like the kids, and then of course he winds up saving both. But yeah. but just the idea that With he's his only Sith deal and <laughs> absolutes. <laughs> um, just the idea that like seeing him being given a, a difficult choice like that and then overcoming it and like succeeding and saving them both, I, I liked that because there are a lot of situations where like the hero has to choose. It's, like, really sad. And I was like, I didn't need that. Like, I was glad yeah. that he, you know, was capable of... What's an example of that in another movie? Well, it's it's moments of, of sacrifice that come to mind, like, first Avenger style, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, it's like either I... Spoilers for Captain America, the first Avenger. Either I, like, send this plane full of bombs into the ocean... Or, you know, I live to be with the girl that I loved. Like, it's like, why can't you do both by landing it? You know, somewhere. Oh. that movie has a t- that conflict has a lot of logical problems with it. But, you know, it's, it's so. that kind of yeah. thing. It's seeing moments where, like, the hero is defeated by this, like, ultimatum, I guess. Sure. Um, and then seeing Peter have that ultimatum put in front of him, but then seeing that he has the strength to overcome it is, like, really kind of an inspiring right, right. hero thing. Uh, I think maybe the difference is... The ultimatum that Green Goblin gives him, it's not a self-sacrifice. Right. It's not. It's, it's a little different. Yeah. So that's. But, but it, at the end, and this would that be true. Is, of, yeah. At the end. He, it would be true of First Avenger as well. Yeah. It's a self-sacrifice. Yeah. He chooses to, to kind of walk away from mm-hmm. from that, which. The thing that he's been doting over the whole time. Yeah. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe you do maybe need I'm all that. Maybe I'm just kind of tired of that plot line with the girl because. I feel like there are a lot of plots, maybe I don't have an example of this, so maybe I shouldn't be citing this because I can't immediately think of one, but where it's just kind of like, so in like Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, you know, he's like, ah, I have to be away from you to keep you safe. And then like, they do this thing where they break up and they're like apart, mm-hmm. but then they wind up coming back together right at the moment that like, she gets, yeah, that thing happens. Um I'm I'm trying to remember that she movie. She dies. Gwen dies. Oh. In Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Like, right after they've spent, like, half the movie being like, we're apart because I want to keep you safe. And I don't know. I guess I'm just tired of, like, the the hero being like, I have to choose between being a hero and being in love. <laughs> like, just make it work. Make it work. Well, yeah. <laughs> I That does get old. But, you know, they at least explore that in the sequels. They do, yeah. And it's been forever since I saw the sequel, so we'll be going there next soon, I'm Can't sure. Can't wait to watch Spider-Man 2. <laughs> That's like 10 out of 10. I'm there's scared. no better superhero movie. I'm scared. There's I'm no, so scared. There's no better one. Um, but that's another conversation. Oh, it is. But uh, the Mary Jane thing, I think, I think maybe it just comes down to what if it's just their chemistry? And like Peter is just so... I think they made him too like weird and dorky. Yeah, because it very much gives this idea off the classic thing of, like, the girl would never be interested in the nerd, but now that he's, you know, stronger <laughs> and knows what he's doing and he's a hero, like, Well, okay. she liked him because he she could see his eyes. I know. <laughs> That's what goes down. Um, but, yeah, I think I just have a lot of problems with that whole, like, plot line that frequently occurs. It's just this, like... sure. I'm going to change myself to be loved by this girl because she would never love me while I'm this wimpy nerd. And It feels like they were trying to write a movie story 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. the Uncle Ben stuff and the father figure stuff. Yeah. Like, that feels. That's a hero. Well, that I was sure. Yeah. But that feels very real. That feels yeah. like real human drama. Yeah. And the girl thing is like, I don't know. It's not, it, you know, some movies aren't reality, but yeah. sometimes stuff, there are tropes that exist in movies that only exist in movies. Yeah. And that's what, I feel like that's what the romance is. I mean, I feel like that's what kept me from like really loving this movie is just that like every time it's like a scene with Peter and Mary Jane, I'm like, oh gosh, like we get it. Yeah. So, like the scene where they're in the hospital. Yes. That was, that was tough. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like. Sure, she ties into the morality, especially at the end of the film when he has to decide, you know, I'm going to be Spider-Man. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think I don't think she was as necessary as they made her. And maybe I shouldn't be saying that she's like the only significant female character other than Aunt May. But uh, Aunt May's pretty important. Yeah. Aunt May. hmm. Aunt May and Mary Jane, I think, talk to each other in this movie. Do they? Ma- then maybe it does pass the Bechdel test. They talk about, like, turkey. <laughs> they talk about, like, dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that counts. I I guess it does. <laughs> By the very basic form, the Bechdel test is just two women having a conversation that's not about a man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that's a major drawback for me with this film because I think you could do the him having to pick between her and Spider-Man and I would be okay with it if it wasn't all this constant doting and the opening monologue and her being so oblivious to everything. Sure. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, definitely. It just feels kind of weirdly antiquated and fake. Yeah. Which, like, it's very much that, like, high school movie mm-hmm. thing. and Until suddenly it's not. Yeah. Because it's weird because it starts out like you're like, oh, right, this is a high school movie. But then, like, I literally forget he's a high schooler the minute we get out of the lab. Or the minute you like, see Tobey Maguire. I, yes. <laughs> but, like, so much of what he does is, like, so, like, this is not a high schooler. Like, I don't right. know. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it's kind of weird. It's it's movie high school. Like, yeah. there's, more, there's, like, one movie that gets high school right, and that's The Breakfast Club. Yeah. But all other high school movies. I mean, John Hughes was a saint. But basically all their high school movies just, yeah, it's not real. It's like yeah. Grease. Yeah. <laughs> Grease is great, but not reality. Yeah. Um, um, there were there were two things in Spectacle I wanted to mention, two okay. little things before we really dive into morality. Oh, we uh, haven't yet. I don't believe so. <laughs> James Franco wears glasses in one scene, and yes. he looks really funny. He does. <laughs> is that spectacular? It made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of ridiculous. And I really like Stanley's cameo in this movie. That's a good one. It yeah. was. It's very brief. It's like three seconds long, but he just saves a little girl. Mm-hmm. He like pulls her out of mm-hmm. the way of rubble. Yeah. And that reminds me, we didn't. We should start mentioning his cameos in every movie. We should start pointing. In the them Marvel out. movies. Yeah. Yeah, every movie he's in. Uh, there was one in X Men. We forgot to mention it. Yes. Do you remember what it was? It's. No. Is it? <laughs> He's, is it, it's not on the beach, is it? It is. Oh, it he's is on the a, beach. He's just a dude on the beach. Oh, yeah, he's just, like, chilling <laughs> on the beach, and he's like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. so we made up for that one. <laughs> and I don't know if he was in Blade. I, I really don't remember. He was not Okay. in Blade. Um, but he's in all the MCU films. We'll have to look out for him in Infinity War, so. Yes. 
but that was it. I really wanted to mention James Franco and glasses mostly. <laughs> yep, it's pretty funny. It was great. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, okay, so morality. We've touched on the great power, great responsibility thing. Right. Like maybe there's nothing else to say. I don't know. <laughs> but just to be definitive. <laughs> um, yeah, this. So at the beginning, I said this is like a golden standard super movie for me. And I think it really comes down to, so the spectacle's fun and it's mm-hmm. funny. That's a big part. But really it's the morality of these things. And this is such an archetypal like hero's tale. Yeah. And the movie gets it so right that and I walk away thinking, I want nothing else from a superhero movie. Right? Yeah. And he's very real in the sense that like, he, you know, shirks off spending time with his aunt and uncle, and then he, like, goes on this revenge quest after his yeah, uncle dies. And right. he's, like, very, like, superficial at first in how he wants to, like, win over Mary Jane. And, uh, you know, it's, like, talk about archetypal, like, his uncle dies. He loses something. Mm-hmm. That's, like, necessary. Um, So I think th- the way that that's... You know, if we think about, like, I'm not going to spoil this, but the way Ready Player One handles, like, loss and expecting you to care about the character is, like, super awful because it doesn't explore it well or portray it realistically, whereas this film, you understand how the loss motivates him. And I would maybe draw a comparison to Thor Ragnarok, where the passing of Odin is just like... Oh, yeah, just like, huh. There he goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think if you're going to... Because I hate meaningless deaths in, in films, and superhero films are guilty of that sometimes, just oh, death for, for like, sure. shock value. Yeah. Um, and so I think... I mean, Uncle Ben is the most famous superhero, like, character, he's, side character He's the one ever. character you can't bring back. Yeah, ever. and and I think that's because his death is so important, and mm-hmm. it's so integral to Spider-Man's maturing as a person and a hero, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the movie... I mean, all, that is just in the character... Mm-hmm. That's that's thanks to Stanley, really. But the movie, Sam Raimi, if I remember correctly, he was a big fan, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to get the character right. And I think the stuff that he nails, which is, you know, I would say most of the stuff he gets right, but he gets the really important things right, like the Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, like you said, is integral. He's so important to Peter Parker. And the movie spends a lot of time building up Uncle Ben, makes the death feel like a real loss, and it doesn't shy away from the tragedy of Peter Parker and the guilt and the mm-hmm. sacrifice. And that, you know, I don't see that in Tom Holland. I right. don't see that in his Peter Parker. Right. And that is my one real big problem with Homecoming is where's the tragedy? Yeah. Because that's what happens when you take away the Uncle Ben plot is. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think I'm seeing a lot of that, at least in what I've seen in the trailers for Infinity War, that this is going to kind of become real for Spider-Man because mm. in Civil War, it definitely wasn't real for him. And in yeah, Homecoming, yeah. sure, it became more real, but I don't think it's the stakes have really hit Peter. And I think that's what Uncle Ben's death does in, in Spider-Man is it's it's stakes it's consequence it's everything that you need a hero to understand to become a hero mm-hmm. so. definitely and uh just great performance by cliff robertson and rosemary harris mm-hmm. as aunt may mm-hmm. and cliff robertson as uncle ben like two really good performances and martin sheen and sally field just they didn't 
I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know about the Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, the, the young Aunt May. Yeah, I don't like that. It's weird. It's weird. Um, is there anything else to say about morality? I mean, the movie, this is, it doesn't get any better than this it, on the morality front. Right? I would argue. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would agree. Stanley I think... is on his deathbed. Don't. Stop. Stop. You're going to kill him with these negative thoughts. Stop. <laughs> don't do this <laughs> um i think yeah i think as a film yes i think for me like for instance like x-men will always stick out to me but that's as like a concept not necessarily like the film x-men oh so sure. but yeah i mean it really does an amazing job um with i was reality. about to say we don't have to compare the two but we do we do, we do have to compare the two I mean, that's why, oh, we're, yeah, that's why yeah. we're here. Yeah, we do. We do have to compare them. Um, so should we try to rank it then? Uh, Sure. Are we ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Do you have the Pantheon pulled up? Nope. Okay, I have it pulled up. <laughs> um, so this will be our 12th film that we're ranking. That's pretty pretty spectacular. We're getting on up there. That's amazing. I've been saying spectacular a lot. I don't know why. Spectacular um, Spider-Man? <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah, it is. And Superior Spider-Man? Yep. We'll go with Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> um, so, let's see. I'll just I'll redo the list because I think this one's a lot harder for me. It Nothing immediately sticks out to me. Um, okay. I mean, I'll read up until like we're like, it's better than these. So, we've got Superman at the top, Iron Man, X-Men, Wonder Woman, Black Panther... Man of Steel, and then Batman 89, and I'm not going to go past that. I think it's better than Batman 89. I would agree. Definitely. I would agree. Batman 89 is just silly. <laughs> yeah, like it has, like I said, I enjoyed these this movie for the same reason that I enjoyed Batman 89, um, in like the way it embodies dramaticism but then having a lot of fun and being you know kind of fantastical and cartoon comic booky you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah i think it definitely i mean way more morality much better hero villain arcs much better hero yes um so then you've got man of steel black panther wonder woman going up i think okay i think it's better than black panther and man of steel of course um because that these movies are about the heroes, right? I would agree because I think what I always come back to is the hero and what kind of statement the movie makes. And I yeah. think both Man of Steel and Black Panther do that thing where they bring up a lot of cool ideas, but I don't know if they necessarily yeah. have me walking away from the movie feeling like, yes, that's like a belief that I have or that's something I should sure I agree you know, with that. take with me. But in Spider-Man, like, it's just testament to its filmmaking. Uh the last scene is there to reinforce the idea of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree for sure. But Wonder Woman, I like it more than Wonder Woman. <laughs> I know you do. Um, but, okay, we didn't really talk too much about the movie's problems okay. as, as a film. Well, we can confront that right now. Yeah. Now, Wonder Woman had some boring parts because it had two villains. It did. And that wasn't that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie has, I don't know if it has boring parts, but I mean, there, like, are, there are parts that don't work. For me, when I think about this movie, there are, like, three types of scenes. Okay. It's, like, 
Peter doing either the Peter or Spider-Man thing, kind of doing things on his own, figuring things out. There's Peter and Mary Jane, which I hate those scenes. <laughs> I hate every one of them. Okay. And then there's, like, Green Goblin stuff, right? Um, and I, like, for me, like I said, like, the biggest weakness of this film is Mary Jane, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so with both Spider-Man and Wonder Woman, you've got chunks of the movie that are unwatchable. Right. <laughs> which one is more unwatchable? Gosh. <laughs> um, is that really what we should be comparing? I think Maybe the, not. I yeah. think the Wonder Woman scenes that are unwatchable, quote unquote, are more necessary. Necessary? Maybe. I don't know. How maybe. do you know you didn't watch them last time? I've seen that movie way more times <laughs> than I've seen Spider-Man. Okay. So, but you didn't finish Man of Steel? Yeah, but I've seen that movie so many times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me with Wonder Woman. I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay. So, this is really hard. because This is tough. I... Because I think both of these movies do for me what I want a superhero movie to do is present this hero that feels larger than life and I feel like I can trust and I feel like I can aspire to be like. Like, they both do that so well. And they say something. Yeah, and they both say something. And they both have strong hero-villain conflict. And I think I'm more drawn to Wonder Woman for the reason that I don't like Spider-Man is that I think her romance arc, which, and I'm only bringing it up because it's very integral to Spider-Man. It's a big part of the movie. Her romance arc is incredible. It makes her, her romantic partner, Steve Trevor, necessary. He has his own arc. He has agency in the film and he dies and it means something. Now, granted, you could say that Uncle Ben is kind of that dying and meaning something. Um, But that's one area where I feel like Wonder Woman The romance, The romance is better. And I think that Wonder Woman excels on a spectacle front. They're because pretty, they're pretty that, even spectacle I think for that me. for me, Wonder Woman is so unique in the way that it has so many different, like, action scenes that all kind of do something different from... You've got this beach battle between, like, horses and, and guns and archers and boats, and you're like, what's happening with these clashing cultures? And then you've got, like, the trench warfare and... Mm-hmm. Her teaming up with her ragtag team of soldiers and then um, the boss battle with Ares. Like, you've got all these different <laughs> conflicts um, that I think really make the spectacle stand out. It... Plus, yes, I think Wonder Woman has, I don't know. I think the No Man's Land scene is so iconic and I'm not sure there's an action moment in Spider-Man, like a spectacle moment that like feels iconic to me. But I could be wrong. Uh, when I think about the Spider-Man trilogy, all I can remember is the Upside Down Kiss. So, you know. Oh, well, okay. That's <laughs> I'm weird. I'm that part's pretty That's cool, though. That's just what everyone talks about. Like, everyone talks about the Spider-Man Kiss. Do they? In my circles, the yeah. Part, okay. The part that <laughs> that we talked about when this movie came out was not that. I know. It was like, okay, what we talked about, I remember the second we came out of the theater, mm-hmm. is Green Goblin getting stabbed in the balls by his own glider because <laughs> that happens <coughs> it does <laughs> and yeah. i thought that was a very weird choice it's they, very weird they choice. could have aimed it like you know six inches higher yeah especially because it would be more damaging to like your internal organs if it... one would think yeah i'm not a doctor but <laughs> <laughs> um that's just the mind of a 12 year old boy 
we weren't we weren't we didn't care about Mary Jane. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think they're pretty even on spectacle for me. Okay. Because like, spectacle is not just the action scenes. Right. In this movie, it's everything. The movies has some really laugh out loud moments, especially with J.K. Simmons. Yes. And all of the weird like corny Sam Raimi stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love all of that. Yeah. Like, there's a part. And this is like a super old, this is like a 1940s thing. A woman just like points in the air and goes, it's Spider-Man. And it's this super corny thing. Oh my gosh, wait, I forgot to mention. I love it. I love it. When the announcer guy's like, what's your name? And he's like, the human spider. And then he says, introducing Spider-Man. Yeah. And he's like, no, my name's the human spider. But like, Spider-Man is so good and so much better. And it sticks. He says, I love that. He says the amazing the Spider-Man. The amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, it's I love great. that. I love it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I love it too. Uh, anyway, how do we pick between these two movies? <laughs> okay, I ha- I have to give the edge to Spider Man because mm. the ending is so much stronger. Wonder Woman's in- ending is just weird and confused. Are you talking about like the frame story? Yeah. Of it? It's yeah, very, it's very important to have a good ending. It is. I think that. I think the ending with Spider-Man is better, but I still want to give the edge to Wonder Woman. But I feel like we're both, <laughs> at this point, coming from a place of, like, which movie do we like better? Because that's the real decider, because they're so tied. I'm being objective. No, you're not. <laughs> you are not ever objective. What? Neither am I. We're not good at that. We try to be... You can't be objective. You can't. I can't? Like, no, no me? one can. No oh, okay, can. okay. You can try your best. Yeah, but... yeah, I agree. Um, I still objectively think Wonder <laughs> No. Um, hmm. Yeah, like, I think for me, I approach, like, I look at films from a more feminist perspective, and for me, just, like, the Mary Jane stuff just, like, kills me so hard, and the Steve Trevor stuff is so awesome that I want to give the edge to Wonder Woman for that reason. The romance is better. It's more interesting in Wonder Woman. It's more mature. Yeah, and, like, Spider-Man spends so much time on it when it could be doing other things, I feel like. Yeah, it's just their relationship is, it's stuck in that high school thing. But then they like you know they move on they grow up and they go to college right and it's still sort of there and then the final scene like it, it reaches this level of maturity which is great and interesting and it's just it's sad like she's like I'm opening myself up to you and he says no thanks can't do it Yikes. like it's yeah. I mean it's sad and it's it dramatic is. it's interesting it is but <sighs> I don't know that's not why I watch superhero movies <laughs> I know I know it's not I just hmm. <laughs> okay what alright what this besides so hard. I don't think we've ever been stumped this badly. what besides the romance doesn't work in Spider-Man I think some of the the solo villain scenes because like you said the lack of development but I think that's true for Wonder Woman too I think they're pretty well, Wonder Woman has front. it worse on that front yeah for yeah. sure um but I really, I really think the spectacle in Wonder Woman's better. Um, I do. Um, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but didn't you feel like the rush when, like, like the 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 floating camera through the city streets? Not really. Uh-huh. I've seen it too many times. That's the problem. I wish I was watching this movie for like without having seen anything because I feel like I would have felt like you felt when you were like twelve. But I've just seen it so much. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe. In my head, Wonder Woman feels so unique mm-hmm. that I'm having difficulty with that. 
don't know. Hmm. This is is really hard. It is hard. (laughs) I... It's Spider-Man. It's got to be Spider-Man. The moral message of Spider-Man is so clear, and it, it, it the is. movie wraps it up perfectly. And the ending of Wonder Woman, not just the frame story. The frame story is very weird. But even, <laughs> like, if you ignore that, mm-hmm. the end of that movie is, like, this muddled, weirdly delivered message. Because, yeah. like, I think you mentioned this when we were talking about yeah. It's, like... So she sort of, what is it? She repeats the I believe in love thing. She says it twice. In the frame story, yeah. She repeats it. In the frame story. Well, okay. see, the problem with, yeah, the problem with the ending frame story next, we're not talking about the frame yeah, story. Yeah, right. It's just bad. Um, is that you're not clear how she defeated evil and what that means going forward. Because mm-hmm. she says, I believe in love, and her love is what gives her the power to overcome Ares. But then you're confused, is and you're like, is Ares the one? Like, is the war suddenly like completely over because she defeated Ares, and it was just Ares that has this whole had this hold? Yeah. Or was Ares just, just like helping this particular part, and she was able to defeat him, and therefore stop the war momentarily? But evil's still going to be happening. It's a very confusing like. It is, yeah. Twist. So like, yeah, I think, I thought I think the love message is very unique. Um, I, to I Wonder agree Woman, with that. but I. This movie, Spider-Man, definitely ends more strongly. Spider-Man sticks the landing in a way Wonder Woman doesn't. Sticks the landing. So bad. That was good. Fine. It's Spider-Man. Okay, cool. I don't often, you know, I'm usually... Next week, it's going down. Oh, what is? Avengers. Like, I'm just saying, like, Avengers is, like... Number one? No, I'm not not saying it's going to be number one. I don't think it's going to be number one, but I'm just saying, like... I will not be easily swayed by your opinions. Of That's this fine. Film. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm usually. This is the first time I really. I think I've been like, no, I have to draw yeah. a line in the sand here. Well, and it was weird that I placed Man of Steel higher than like you. You thought it yeah, should see, be last. That, that was your chance. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so Spider Man is now number four. Okay. So. Which and I think number four for this movie, uh, when you're thinking like all time superhero movies, is is high. Yeah. Is a little high. Yeah. But for what we've done so far. Yeah. I think this is really good. Okay. All right. You guys, I'm serious. Next week's Avengers. The next week is Infinity War. Please send us stuff. I'm so passionate about this. It's all I think about every day. Um, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> Please talk to me about these movies because I'm super, like, freaking out. And I'm really excited. Um and maybe I think next week we will include at the end of the Avengers episode predictions. So send those in if you have them, because um, I think that'll be really Please. good. Yeah, I think predictions for Infinity War is is due because yeah we haven't done that for other movies that are like coming out, but this is like this is like the biggest deal. This is like deal. this movie's been ten years in the making. It's it's huge. I'll send in fake ones if I have to. Please. We'll each send in fake ones, and then we'll just act surprised as we read each other's. And like that could be funny. Yeah. Um, wow. Now nobody's gonna believe us if we get like actual <laughs> stuff sent in. Um, so yeah, Avengers, Infinity War. Not sure what's after that, but we'll probably all be dead anyway. Whoa. So. <laughs> or maybe, what do you expect maybe, Infinity War to be exactly? <laughs> maybe it's just all the characters will be dead. Oh, okay. Um, Better them than me. Well, yeah. Um, Unless it's Captain America. I'm going to lose it. All right. Anyway, 
Thanks, guys. Uh, that's it for this week's episode, and we'll see you next time for The Avengers. Excelsior. Excelsior. <laughs>